0: section four of u s money versus corporation currency aldrich plan this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox u s money versus corporation currency aldrich plan by alfred owen crozier chapter two part three the aldrich plan continued section forty National banks may loan not more than thirty per centum of their time deposits, as herein defined, upon improved and unencumbered real estate, such loans not to exceed fifty per centum of the actual value of the property, which property shall be situated in the vicinity or in the territory directly tributary to the bank, provided that this pledge shall not be extended to banks acting as reserve agents for banks or trust companies national banks are by law prohibited from loaning on real estate they are created to serve trade and commerce banks of discount instead of mere loan agencies their assets were to be kept in quick liquid form not tied up in stationary loans this bill authorizes national banks to loan on real estate up to thirty per centum of their time deposits quote, and permits a bank if it desires To convert all its liabilities into time deposits. This gives national banks a club to force all state banks and trust companies into this bank combine, or to take away from state institutions a large portion of their business and profits. It also tends to take the business of making real estate loans away from attorneys and other individuals and give banking corporations a complete monopoly of making loans of every character every lawyer and all businessmen not owned or ruled by the big national banks will fight this bill if they wish to protect their own interests and welfare the great menace to the legal profession is the increasing monopoly by a few corporations of business formerly conducted by lawyers exclusively this bill makes it worse section forty one all demand liabilities including deposits and circulating notes of the national reserve association shall be covered to the extent of fifty centum by a reserve of gold including foreign gold coin and gold bouillon or other money of the united states which the national banks are now authorized to hold as a part of their legal reserve provided that whenever and so long as such reserves shall fall and remain below fifty centum, the national reserve association shall pay a special tax Upon the deficiency of reserve, at a rate increasing in proportion to such deficiency, as follows For each two and a half per centum or fraction thereof that the reserve falls below fifty per centum, a tax shall be levied at the rate of one and a half per centum per annum, provided further that no additional circulating notes shall be issued whenever and so long as the amount of such reserve falls below thirty-three and a third percentum of its outstanding notes section forty two in computing the demand liabilities of the national reserve association a sum equal to one-half of the amount of the united states bonds held by the association which have been purchased from national banks and which had previously been deposited by such banks to secure their circulating notes shall be deducted from the amount of such liabilities this is designed to make it appear that a fifty percent reserve of actual gold will be behind the corporate currency but in fact the bill does not make necessary one dollar of actual gold wall street and the big banks forced congress to adopt the gold standard and now this bill leaves the entire burden of maintaining the gold standard and ensuring gold payments upon the government instead of upon this corporation that is to issue the public currency without limit and get the profits therefrom. No tax is imposed if a 50% reserve is maintained. If the reserve should fall, say, to 33 and a third, a tax equal to about 9% per annum is required, but only on the deficiency below the 50% reserve while so deficient. But this is not a serious burden, because the association would be getting from the banks, say, 3% interest on corporate currency, Amounting to three times such reserve deficiency, which lets the association out even. But it enables the banks to inflate their credit loans ten times such amount of currency and thirty times such reserve deficiency. And all that it costs the banks is three per cent per annum for the use of such corporate currency put into their cash reserves. Section 41 says A reserve of gold, or other money, etc now other money includes the three hundred forty six million dollars of greenbacks about nine hundred million dollars of gold certificates and a large amount of silver dollars and certificates or between one thousand two hundred and one thousand five hundred million dollars most of which is in the reserves of the banks now this government paper money under this bill can be used instead of gold by the association as a reserve to secure its corporate currency and there is enough of such government currency if acquired by the association to enable it to issue nearly three billion dollars of its corporate currency an amount nearly equal to all the money gold silver greenbacks gold and silver certificates and banknote currency now in circulation held by banks and possessed by the government thus the way is opened for an unlimited inflation of corporate paper currency issued by a mere private corporation with relatively small net assets and no government guarantee every dollar supposed to be redeemable in gold but with not a single dollar of gold necessarily held in the reserves of such corporation to accomplish such redemption it is proposed to force the government to provide all the gold by having the law keep all government currency redeemable in gold. When the corporation wants gold, it will take government currency, present it for redemption, and demand the gold. If the government does not have the gold, the gold standard law of March 14, 1900, requires it to sell its bonds and buy the gold needed. So the entire burden is on the government, and the profits go to the banks. This is wildcatting it will lead to inflation and a depreciated paper currency, for the people will not take it at par without government guarantee. Under section 42, no reserve of any kind beyond half the bonds taken over and the banknote currency with such bonds is required. Under section 41, no tax is paid if the reserve of gold or other money is kept up, and only a nominal tax in any case, a thirty three and one third per cent reserve is legalized and if the reserve to secure the corporate currency goes below that or is wiped out entirely there is no remedy in the hands of the government or in the people who may then hold a billion or more dollars of this wildcat corporate currency except that the printing press shall be stopped and no more currency notes issued but suppose the association don't stop Suppose it prints and emits five, ten, or fifty billion dollars of this wildcat corporate paper currency, not guaranteed by the government, and without a dollar of gold or anything else to secure it. The bill fixes no limit in quantity, and provides no penalty for violations, and all thou shalt nots in the law unenforced by penalties usually are ignored by bankers. This is the wildest, most unsafe and unsound currency plan ever suggested to Congress. Even free silver coinage was vastly more safe and sound, for the government was behind every silver dollar and pledged to maintain it at par, and the silver in each dollar is worth 53 cents as bouillon, but the paper and ink as such in this corporate currency will be worthless. Section 43. The National Reserve Association shall make a report, showing the principal items of its balance sheet, to the comptroller of the currency once a week. These reports shall be made public. In addition, full reports shall be made to the comptroller of the currency by said association, coincident with the five reports called for each year from the national banks. Section 44 all subscribing banks shall under regulations to be prescribed by the national reserve association make a report monthly or oftener if required to said association showing the principal items of their balance sheets section forty five all reports of national bank examiners in regard to the condition of banks shall hereafter be made in duplicate and one copy shall be filed with the national reserve association for the confidential use of its executive officers and branch managers. Section 46. The National Reserve Association may accept copies of the reports of the national bank examiners for subscribing national banks, and also copies of the reports of state bank examiners for subscribing state banks and trust companies, in states where the furnishing of such information is not contrary to law provided however that the standard of such examinations both national and state meets the requirements prescribed by the national reserve association the national reserve association shall have the right at any time to examine or cause to be examined by its own representatives any subscribing bank the National Reserve Association may make such payments to national and state examiners for such services required of them as the directors may consider just and equitable. This private corporation, through examiners and reports, is to have its nose in the private business of every individual and corporation that deals with banks, and no effective way is provided to prevent this information being communicated to and used by The special interests of Wall Street. Espionage into everybody's affairs and improper use of the confidential information will be possible. Not only will the central bank get copies of the reports of all banks and bank examiners, but each bank must make a monthly report and special reports when required, and admit agents of the central bank any time to investigate every detail of the bank's business and operations every bank must disclose everything to the central bank and then obey its orders or be suspended blacklisted section forty seven all provisions of law requiring national banks to hold or to transfer and deliver to the treasurer of the united states bonds of the united states other than those required to secure outstanding circulating notes and government deposits are hereby repealed a little provision for the benefit of the banks section forty eight there shall be no further issue of circulating notes by any national bank beyond the amount now outstanding national banks may maintain their present note issue but whenever a bank retires the whole or any part of its existing issue its right to reissue the notes so retired shall thereupon cease this is to open the way for the association's corporate currency from which the federated banks will in one way or another make much more profit than from the present bank note currency section 49 the national reserve association shall for a period of one year from the date of its organization offer to purchase at a price not less than par and accrued interest the two percentum bonds held by subscribing national banks and deposited to secure their circulating notes the national reserve association shall take over the bonds so purchased and assume responsibility for the redemption upon presentation of outstanding notes secured thereby the national reserve association shall issue on the terms herein provided its own notes as the outstanding notes secured by such bonds so held shall be presented for redemption and may issue further notes from time to time to meet business requirements it being the policy of the united states to retire as rapidly as possible consistent with the public interests bond secured circulation and to substitute therefore notes of the national reserve association of a character and secured and redeemed in the manner provided for in this act october thirty first nineteen eleven there was $744,071,715 of bank note currency outstanding on an equal quantity of United States bonds deposited as security, the banks getting 2% interest on the bonds, and say 6% for use of the currency loaned to the people, less a government tax of 1/2%. The association, owned by and for the benefit of the banks exclusively, will quickly purchase from the banks all these bonds getting therewith the currency privilege this can be done without a dollar of money the banks by an assignment written on the receipts given when the bonds were deposited with the treasury can transfer the seven hundred forty four million seventy one thousand seven hundred fifteen dollars of bonds to the association and for their pay can keep, loan out, and permanently use the $744,071,715 of banknote currency now held by the banks against such bonds. Or, the association's corporate currency may be issued in place of such banknote currency. The association, which is but the banks themselves in federated form, agrees to redeem such banknotes if any of them happen to be presented for redemption in which case they will be paid not in gold or lawful money but in corporate currency of the association the product of its printing press the association then under section fifty five can require the government to take back these two per cent bonds and give in exchange three per cent bonds running fifty years an increase of fifty per cent in the annual interest expenses of the government the three per cent fifty year u s bonds even without any currency issuing privilege should now or soon will sell on a two per cent or two and a half per cent basis if at two and a half per cent the seven hundred forty four million seventy one thousand seven hundred fifteen dollars of three per cent fifty year bonds so obtained by the association would at once increase about one-sixth in value and be worth a premium above par amounting to one hundred twenty four million twelve thousand dollars this net profit for the association would be equal to one hundred twenty four per cent on the entire one hundred million dollars paid in by all the banks for its capital stock no wonder former secretary of the treasury shaw said as reported that private interests could afford to pay a billion dollars for such a charter from congress Note particularly that Congress, by section 49, would solemnly bind the government and the faith of the United States to the permanent policy of a private corporate paper currency, to, quote, notes of the National Reserve Association of a character and secured and redeemed in the manner provided for in this act, quote. This would be the beginning of the downfall of all government currency of every kind. And the ultimate substitution of mere corporation paper currency issued by and for the exclusive profit of a private banking syndicate. This is the big issue presented by this bill government money versus corporate currency. The fight will center around this one proposition. There is little else in the bill. There should be no compromise. The country must have all government or all corporate currency the chief aim of the promoters of this measure was to impose upon the united states corporate currency exclusively and get control of its volume into their own private hands section fifty all note issues of the national reserve association shall at all times be covered by legal reserves to the extent required by section forty one of this act and by notes or bills of exchange arising out of commercial transactions as herein before defined or obligations of the united states the word and may make notes or bills of exchange usable in the reserve in place of gold and other money section fifty one any notes of the national reserve association in circulation at any time in excess of nine hundred million dollars which are not covered by an equal amount of lawful money gold bullion, Or foreign gold coin held by said association shall pay a special tax at the rate of one and a half per centum per annum, and any notes in excess of one billion two hundred million dollars not so covered shall pay a special tax at the rate of five per centum per annum, provided that in computing said amounts of nine hundred million dollars and one billion two hundred million dollars, the aggregate amount of any national bank notes then outstanding shall be included. No tax is paid on the first $900 million of corporate currency, and none on currency in excess of that huge figure if the excess is covered as provided. If the bill becomes law, the next Congress, no doubt, will be asked to amend the act and turn over to the Association, subject to the outstanding certificates, the nearly $1 billion of gold held in trust by the government, and the one hundred fifty million dollar gold reserve in the treasury the three hundred forty six million dollars of greenbacks would then be burned up and corporate currency issued in their place this we believe is part of the agreed program but is being kept out of sight for prudential reasons to stifle opposition that might kill the whole scheme it is the same old fight that has been on constantly between the banks and the people for fifty years this time however it takes a vastly more daring and dangerous form than ever before section fifty two the circulating notes of the national reserve association shall constitute a first lien upon all its assets and shall be redeemable in lawful money on presentation at the head office of said association or any of its branches it shall be the duty of the national reserve association to maintain at all times a parity of value of its circulating notes with the standard established by the first section of the act of march fourteenth nineteen hundred entitled an act to define and fix the standard of value to maintain the parity of all forms of money issued or coined by the united states to refund the public debt and for other purposes Corporate currency can be redeemed in greenbacks instead of gold, for both are lawful money. So are silver dollars, the present bullion value of which is about fifty three cents on the dollar. Is it not amusing to see the very interests that in eighteen ninety six opposed free coinage of silver by the government, when the bullion value of silver was fifty three cents on the dollar? Now they devoutly pray for free coinage of paper and ink by their private corporation to the extent of more than a billion dollars, the paper and ink as such being worthless. It is made the duty of the association to maintain its notes on a parity with gold. But suppose it don't, won't, or can't. There is no penalty imposed or remedy provided. The duty is meaningless and impotent." section fifty three the circulating notes of the national reserve association shall be received at par in payment of all taxes excises and other duties to the united states and for all salaries and other debts and demands owing by the united states to individuals firms corporations or associations except obligations of the government which are by their terms specifically payable in gold or for all debts due from one or by one bank or trust company to another, and for all obligations due to any bank or trust company. Corporate currency is to be only a limited legal tender, not a full legal tender, for all debts, public and private, between individuals or between ordinary corporations and individuals. The $50 million of greenbacks issued under Acts of July 17 and August 5, 1861, were made full legal tender by Act of March 17, 1862, and never depreciated but always were equal with gold in value. The $450 million of greenbacks issued under Acts of February 25, 1862, July 11, 1862, and March 3, 1863, were made only a limited legal tender, at the demand of the Wall Street financiers engaged in cornering the gold and forcing the government to pay ruinous prices for it to carry on the war to preserve the Union. These limited legal tenders, although an obligation of the government, depreciated to less than fifty cents on the dollar. Will not corporate currency that likewise is only a limited legal tender and does not even have the obligation of the government behind it also depreciate no person will be obliged to accept corporate money when tendered in payment of a private debt because it is not full legal tender this will make it less valuable and cause ultimate depreciation after it has been floated at par out into the hands of the people like the oceans of watered wall street stocks and the people will be the losers It is a step toward returning to the old wildcat corporate currency that generally prevailed prior to 1860, when 10,000 different kinds of corporate currency notes were issued by the banks of the country without any government credit behind them, and most of this corporate currency became utterly worthless, entailing frightful losses on the people and demoralizing all business. Section 54. The National Reserve Association and its branches shall at once, upon application and without charge for transportation, forward its circulating notes to any depositing bank against its credit balance. This is for the benefit of the banks. Section 55. Upon application of the National Reserve Association, The Secretary of the Treasury shall exchange the two percentum bonds of the United States bearing the circulation privilege purchased from subscribing banks for three percentum bonds of the United States without the circulation privilege, payable after fifty years from the date of issue. The National Reserve Association shall hold the three percentum bonds so issued during the period of its corporate existence provided that after five years from the date of its organization, the Secretary of the Treasury may at his option permit the National Reserve Association to sell not more than $50 million of such bonds annually, and provided further that the United States reserves the right at any time to pay any of such bonds before maturity, or to purchase any of them at par for the trustees of the postal savings or otherwise. Section 56. The National Reserve Association shall pay to the government a special franchise tax of one and a half per centum annually during the period of its charter upon an amount equal to the par value of such United States bonds transferred to it by the subscribing banks. Section 55 is discussed following Section 49 above. The tax, Section 56, is to offset the difference between two per cent and three per cent bond interest and one per percent in place of the present circulation tax on banknote currency. If the banks decide not to turn their U.S. bonds over to the association, but retain and continue to enjoy their present currency privilege, as they are authorized by Section 48 to do, then the government will get nothing under Section 56. If the government pays the $744 million of bonds, the proceeds held as reserve would form the basis of $1,488,000,000 to $2,732,000,000 corporate currency. If the bonds run the 50 years, the government must pay as interest thereon $1,116,000,000. Section 57. That banking corporations for carrying on the business of banking in foreign countries and in aid of the commerce of the United States with foreign countries and to act when required as fiscal agents of the united states in such countries may be formed by any number of persons not less in any case than five who shall enter into articles of association which shall specify in general terms the object for which the banking corporation is formed and may contain any other provisions not inconsistent with the provisions of this section which the banking corporation may see fit to adopt for the regulation and conduct of its business and affairs which said regulations shall be signed in duplicate by the persons uniting to form the banking corporation and one copy thereof shall be forwarded to the comptroller of the currency and the other to the secretary of state to be filed and preserved in their offices that the persons uniting to form such banking corporation shall under their hands make an organization certificate which shall specify first the name assumed by such banking corporation which name shall be subject to approval by the comptroller second the foreign country or countries or the dependencies or colonies of foreign countries or the dependencies of the united states where its banking operations are to be carried on third the place in the united states where its home office shall be located fourth the amount of its capital stock and the number of shares into which the same shall be divided fifth the names and places of residence of the shareholders and the number of shares held by each of them and sixth a declaration that said certificate is made to enable such persons to avail themselves of the advantages of this section that no banking corporation shall be organized under the provisions of this section With a less capital than two million dollars, which shall be fully paid in before the banking corporation shall be authorized to commence business, and the fact of said payment shall be certified by the comptroller of the currency, and a copy of his certificate to this effect shall be filed with the Secretary of State, provided that the capital stock of any such bank may be increased at any time by a vote of two thirds of its shareholders, with the approval of the comptroller of the currency and that the capital stock of any such bank which exceeds two million dollars may be reduced at any time to the sum of two million dollars by the vote of shareholders owning two-thirds of the capital that every banking corporation formed pursuant to the provisions of this section shall for a period of twenty years from the date of the execution of its organization certificate be a body corporate but shall not be authorized to receive deposits in the united states or transact any domestic business not necessarily related to the business being done in foreign countries or in the dependencies of the united states such banking corporations shall have authority to make acceptances buy and sell bills of exchange or other commercial paper relating to foreign business and to purchase and sell securities including securities of the united states or of any state in the union each banking corporation organized under the provisions of this section shall have power to establish and maintain for the transaction of its business a branch or branches in foreign countries their dependencies or the dependencies of the united states at such places and under such regulations as its board of directors may deem expedient a majority of the shares of the capital stock of such banking corporation shall be held and owned by citizens of the United States or corporations chartered under the laws of the United States or of any State of the Union, and a majority of the members of the board of directors of such banking corporations shall be citizens of the United States. Each director shall own in his own right at least one hundred shares of the capital stock of the banking corporation of which he is a director." whenever the comptroller shall become satisfied of the insolvency of any such banking corporation he may appoint a receiver who shall proceed to close up such corporation in the same manner in which he would close a national bank the disposition of the assets of the branches to be subject to any special provisions of the laws of the country under whose jurisdiction such assets are located the annual meeting of every such banking corporation shall be held at its home office in the united states and every such banking corporation shall keep at its home office books containing the names of all stockholders of such banking corporation and members of its board of directors together with copies of the reports furnished by it to the comptroller of the currency exhibiting in detail and under appropriate heads the resources and liabilities of the banking corporation every such banking corporation shall make reports to the comptroller of the currency at such times as he may require and shall be subject to examinations when deemed necessary by the comptroller of the currency through examiners appointed by him the compensation of such examiners to be fixed by the comptroller of the currency and such banking corporation may go into liquidation and be closed by a vote of the shareholders owning two-thirds of its stock any bank doing business in the united states and being the owner of stock in the national reserve association may subscribe to the stock of any banking corporation organized under the provisions of this section but the aggregate of such stock held by any one bank shall not exceed ten percentum of the capital stock of the subscribing bank this is practically a separate federal incorporation law it is enormously broad and dangerously lax it should not be a part of this bill at all evidently it was tacked on at the instance of powerful wall street interests that desire to incorporate their foreign financial operations under the protection of federal law so that they can invoke the aid of the diplomatic and consular representatives of the government dollar diplomacy to further their games of international high finance it has no necessary connection with this bill by slipping it in here instead of in a separate bill it cannot be repealed for fifty years this would make wall street banks incorporated thereunder almost legally immortal section fifty eight congress reserves the right to alter or amend the provisions of this act to take effect at the end of every decennial period from and after the organization of the national reserve association decennial means tenth anniversary if this bill becomes law there will be no power on earth that can amend this act against the will of the association for ten years and during successive periods of ten years this amending clause is unusual impertinent insolent and dangerous congress is asked to tie its own hands and make this private corporation above and independent of government and the people under any and all circumstances that may arise during that time before ten years during this long period of immunity no doubt the corporation and the federated banks will by means of the enormous advantages granted by this bill obtain such political mastery over the government and the people that all changes thereafter made will be for the benefit of the association and its allied banks and not for the people this provision startlingly reveals the character or lack of character and fairness of the powerful and crafty special interests wall street and the big banks allied in a great conspiracy for promoting this private central bank bill through congress it was a surprising argument of the president in his message to congress on december twenty one nineteen eleven in effect suggesting that congress need not hesitate or be over particular because if after the law is passed it is discovered that a mistake has been made the law can be amended in other words pass the bill first and look into it afterwards and correct by amendment any mistakes made this is strange doctrine for a learned judge The trusted executive of the republic if he saw this amending clause section fifty eight before writing his message it is astounding if he did not the man who if anybody induced him to insert in his official message to congress that suggestion which was calculated to put the people to sleep and unduly hasten careless action on the measure by congress grossly deceived the president by concealing from him the language of this amending clause that makes the President's suggestion ridiculous. This bill, introduced into Congress by the Monetary Commission on January 8, 1912, no doubt was completed long before the President wrote his message of December 21, 1911. It is to be hoped that the President will inform Congress whether he had seen Section 58 before writing his advice to Congress, and if not, Then he should state whether chairman aldrich of the monetary commission while concealing this amending clause induced the president to include in his message the suggestion mentioned congress is entitled to this information it is also entitled to definitely know whether other suggestions on this subject in the president's message were proposed to him by any member of the monetary commission THE UNUSUAL RESERVATION BY CONGRESS OF THE RIGHT TO REPEAL THIS ACT IS NOWHERE IN THIS BILL. THERE WILL BE NO POWER IN GOVERNMENT OR THE PEOPLE TO GET RID OF THIS CORPORATION FOR FIFTY YEARS, FOR IT WILL BE A VESTED RIGHT. SECTION 59. ALL ACTS OR PARTS OF ACTS INCONSISTENT WITH THE PROVISIONS OF THIS ACT ARE HEREBY REPEALED. THIS IS VERY BROAD AND SWEEPING it should be examined carefully to find just what laws or parts of laws will be wiped out. Selfishness defeats itself, is an old wise saying. It is likely to prove true in this case. In trying figuratively to corner the whole earth with the provisions of this one bill, the greedy interests are likely to fail to secure enough for a cemetery lot in which to bury their blasted hopes. End of section 4